American Edward Snowden has been living on the lam for over seven years in foreign countries, attempting to escape international and domestic espionage and property theft charges filed against him in 2013 by the United States of America. How did a professed patriot at heart and former army private with the highest levels of security clearance end up as America's number one enemy? Find out today on the Controversial Figures podcast. Welcome to Controversial Figures, a podcast about intriguing figures in the media. My name is Tammy Hawkins. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Visit Controversial Figures on Patreon and donate anything that you can. I'll give you a shout out on a future show and we'll send along occasional swag to regular donators. If you donate at a higher level tier, you will obtain access to additional content on a regular basis. And with that, let's discuss our controversial figure for today. Edward Snowden was moved to join the military at 18 years old after the attacks of 9-11 in the United States in 2001. Soon after the attacks, he signed up to join the Army and scored high enough on entrance exams to qualify for training as a Special Forces Sergeant. He entered basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia. Ultimately, however, he was discharged under administrative separation due to having bilateral tibial fractures in both legs. As Edward Snowden waited for his legs to heal, he became determined to serve his government using his mind instead of his body. He began applying for security clearances and ultimately obtained the TSSCI clearance at 22 years old. That is the Top Secret Sensitive Compartmented Information Clearance, which is one of the top security clearances in the U.S. government. This clearance gave him access to compartments of information such as SIGINT or Signals Intelligence, which is intercepted communications, HUMINT or Human Intelligence, which is the work done and reports filed by agents and analysts, COMSEC or Communication Security, allowing Edward to work with cryptographic key material, code considered the most important agency secrets as they're used to protect all other agency secrets. Snowden was then employed for less than a year in 2005 as a security guard at the University of Maryland Center for Advanced Study of Language, a research center sponsored by the National Security Agency, or the NSA. Edward was paid to essentially cruise the halls of an empty top-secret building that was still being built, or at least that's the story he tells. At age 23, he was hired into the CIA as a systems engineer with access to some of the most sensitive networks in the world— He obtained this job via contracting through BAE Systems, which hired a company called Comso, and that company had hired Edward. And therein lies the nested doll approach of contractors in the U.S. government system. At age 24, in 2007, Edward was stationed at the U.S. Embassy in Geneva as a technologist deployed under diplomatic cover. He helped bring CIA European stations online, automating a U.S. governmental spy network for European data. At age 26, he was an employee of Dell working for the NSA. Edward claims that the government often uses contracting companies as a cover for their clandestine employees. 
In this particular role, Edward was sent to Japan, where he helped to design the agency's global backup for all the data they were gathering around the world. At age 28, Edward returned to the USA to manage the team handling Dell's relationship with the CIA. In this role, he helped design and build a cloud network to store a series of large data lakes for quick, sensitive data access from anywhere in the world. He claims he didn't understand this at this time because different teams were compartmentalized and folks only knew bits of what they were building. But ultimately, Edward claims he was assisting in setting up the infrastructure for mass surveillance. He was sent to Hawaii to perform these responsibilities, working deep in a tunnel under a pineapple field. Per his words, Edward said he had practically unlimited access to the communications of nearly every man, woman, and child on Earth who had ever dialed a phone or touched a computer, and certainly access to 320 million of my fellow American citizens' data. Edward was working at the Central Intelligence Agency as an employee and subcontractor for Booz Allen Hamilton, one of the largest contractors for defense and intelligence in the United States, when he would make a discovery that he decided he must tell the world and which would change his life forever. Snowden would only be in the American intelligence community for seven years, ironically, which is now about the same amount of time he has been in exile in foreign countries attempting to escape the charges from the U.S. government. When Edward is asked why he came forward, he says, I came forward because I witnessed a decline in the commitment of so-called advanced governments throughout the world in protecting privacy, which I regard and the United Nations regards as a fundamental human right. It was while working at Booz Allen Hamilton that Edward Snowden discovered documents on restricted access networks, which revealed global surveillance programs run by the NSA, the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, and with the cooperation of telecommunication companies and European governments. A quote about what he was thinking at the time that he discovered this, Edward states, I participated in the most significant change in the history of American espionage, the change from the targeted surveillance of individuals to the mass surveillance of entire populations. I helped make it technologically feasible for a single government to collect all of the world's digital communications, store them for ages, and search through them at will. It was upon this realization that Edward made the fateful decision to download what he had found from the restricted access networks, and he decided that he would tell the world. In addition to U.S. federal documents, Edward Snowden also downloaded thousands of Australian, British, and Canadian intelligence files. In June 2013, the first of Snowden's documents were published by the Washington Post and The Guardian, attracting wide public attention and outrage. The data disclosures continued throughout 2013. In explaining why he released the data that he did, Edward Snowden stated, I do not want to live in a world where everything I do and say is recorded. My sole motive is to inform the public as to that which is done in their name and that which is done against them. On June 14, 2013, the United States prosecutors charged Edward Snowden with espionage and theft of government property. On June 21st, his passport was revoked. Two days later, Edward Snowden flew into Moscow where Russian authorities informed him that his U.S. passport had been canceled. He was restricted to the airport terminal for over one month while they figured the situation out. Russia granted Snowden the right of asylum with an initial visa for one year. However, repeated extensions have permitted Snowden to stay until at least 2020. 
In November of 2013, a criminal investigation of the disclosure was being undertaken by Britain's Metropolitan Police Service. On September 17, 2019, Edward Snowden's memoir, Permanent Record, was published. On the first day of publication, the U.S. Department of Justice filed a civil lawsuit against Snowden over publication, alleging he had breached non-disclosure agreements signed with the U.S. federal government. Edward Snowden has been called many names. Hero, patriot, whistleblower, dissident, traitor responsible of treason. The data he leaked is considered the most significant confidential data leak in U.S. history. Edward Snowden was condemned as putting the U.S. intelligence capabilities in grave danger by Director of National Intelligence James Clapper. Snowden has applied for political asylum to 21 countries and has been denied by basically everyone. Snowden has accused the U.S. government of using his citizenship as a weapon and using tools of political aggression with other countries to give him nowhere to flee. It is stated that Snowden potentially put many at risk with the data he released, and he's been called a hypocrite relative to building these systems he later decided he no longer agreed with and then turned against. Edward Snowden himself states that his actual breaking point was when he saw the Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, lie under oath to Congress during his testimony on March 12, 2013. It was during this testimony where Clapper denied to the Senate that the NSA wittingly collects data on millions of Americans. Days later, Edward Snowden began downloading the data to prove that that statement was untrue. These disclosures brought to light surveillance being unknowingly conducted upon the common public of many countries around the world carte blanche, exposing the governments who have taken additional liberties in the guise of battling terrorism to do warrantless, wide surveillance of a large percentage of communications traversing the internet and phone lines, often not only violating the privacy rights of the constituents of the observing government's jurisdiction, but also the rights of many other countries around the world and their citizens. The awareness risen by the disclosures of Edward Snowden around this situation has led to a new wave of legislation around the world with data privacy front of mind. GDPR is only one of many currently in place. I'll leave it to you to decide. Edward Snowden, is he an angel? Is he a devil? He's certainly this week's controversial figure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Controversial Figures. Just a reminder, please like, subscribe, and leave a rating and comment for Controversial Figures in your favorite podcast app. This podcast is an independent podcast created by Tammy Hawkins. And this is funded by those that donate, so please join Patreon and give what you can. Once I hit 50 Patreon subscribers, I'll send out swag to all donators, and I'll give shout-outs during the show to anyone that's donated. Today's shout-out goes to Dana Bellers. Thank you so much for being my first donation. Research references are available in the show notes as our musical references. Thank you so much for listening. Be well. This is the